0: This morning's scripture reading is from Philippians 3 4b through 14. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, excuse me, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the price of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus.
1: So this morning, uh, Paul is talking to the church at Philippi, and one of the one of the important themes that he's getting at in the letter to the Philippians is he's trying to make a case. He, he's comparing the faithfulness that comes through obeying the law and doing all the things the law requires, such as circumcision and things like that, or faith in Christ or faithfulness of Christ, depending on how you uh, read that in the text. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But he's kind of grappling with these, these two ideas. And of course, Paul is advocating for the the grace that comes through the faith in Christ and the faithfulness of Jesus and uh, dispelling the notion that one can achieve righteousness through the law and to make his case he starts to brag on himself a little bit he says hey you know if I were going if people were going to be made righteous through the law then you're looking at the king of them all right here today. I'm a Hebrew among Hebrews. And uh, by orientation, I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. And my zeal was so strong for the people of God that I was about persecuting Christians uh, because of their blasphemy and going about it. And I, I stand before the law blameless. And then he goes on to say, but I, I don't care about any of that. I count all, and he calls it rubbish. I count all that as rubbish. It means nothing. It means nothing to, to me or to anybody else. And uh, instead, I, what I brag on, what I think is most significant, is my relationship with Jesus Christ and the righteousness that was achieved not by myself but by Jesus Christ. Amen? Kind of kind of central Christian tenet here, you know. Uh, I will say though, there is some debate because of the Greek language. There's a little bit of debate here about whether or not uh, the the phrase in verse nine should be translated as uh, faith faith in Christ or faithfulness of Christ. To be honest, the Greek goes either way, and it's a judgment call on the part of the translators. And most translators translate it to faith in Christ, and they've made that choice because of particular theological concepts that they're kind of undergirding. So translating is a theological statement, and our translators have made that (laughs) theological statement. And we could debate about what the difference is uh, a little bit, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But suffice it to say that what paul is trying to say is that our righteousness is not something that we conjure up ourselves. it is not something that we can achieve through our own efforts and it's not something that that happens because uh because we beat ourselves up or because we follow all the rules or doing all of things. that it is something that christ has done for us amen it is something that Jesus has already accomplished before. We are right before God is our starting place. Amen? How often do you hear that? We are right before God. Day one, right now. Before God, we are right already. And what, what Paul wants to get at is it's not, it, it's not about what we do to try to gain our righteousness. And I don't know about you, but that, I feel that as a huge relief. (laughs) What a relief. Because I got to tell you, my righteousness, if it were dependent on me, it'd be pretty meager. (laughs) Be pretty meager. I am the most undisciplined follower of Jesus out there. I have to work at praying. In fact, my best prayers happen right here uh, or when I'm praying with my wife. Uh, when I'm praying with you, I have to have someone else in the room to have really good prayer life going on. So, uh, you know, because I'm so undisciplined about that kind of a thing. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, thank, thank the Lord I'm dependent on Jesus' grace and not my own righteousness. Right? And what Paul seems to be getting at here is that the significance, what he wants to be about now Instead of trying to be about how can I be the best, the best Pharisee out there, how can I be the best, how can I make sure I, I hit every mark on the checklist, sometimes that would be nice, right, to just have a checklist of things we're supposed to do and then we're done with our, with our sanctification and we can just move on, right? We just do everything and then we're done. Uh, it's not like that. What, what Paul says, instead of focusing on that checklist, what I want to be about is knowing... Christ and the power of his resurrection through the suffering joining him in his suffering knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection I think there's some two, there's huge concepts right there first of all what is this knowing how do we know how do we know Jesus right how do we know Jesus well Paul tells us we know Jesus by participating in his suffering by getting to know by following what Jesus does and and following Jesus's way the way of the cross the way of Christ following Jesus's teachings about the kingdom of God and doing what Jesus does that's how we know that's how we get to know Jesus is by doing what Jesus does and we have to we have to kind of Get in there and figure out what Jesus was about, what was most important to Jesus. Of course, we know that through the, through the text, but we also know it through our, through our devotional life and our time together. We, we wrestle with that idea. What does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to know Jesus? And Paul says that I know Jesus through, his, through participating in his sufferings and having hope of resurrection and and the power of his resurrection and it sounds like when we read this it sounds like paul is talking about someday i'm gonna die and my body is going to be resurrected and i'm going to have that great getting up morning amen amen that great getting up morning i'm gonna experience that new life in jesus i'm gonna get up and walk around after my death and uh, i Crying will be no more, and tears will be no more, and all uh, oh, death and dying will be no more. Revelation twenty one. Let me help you out there. <laughs> so you know, uh, I'm going to experience that. Sounds like he's talking about that. I think he's talking about that. But he's also talking about something else because he keeps saying, "I haven't achieved that yet," but I'm looking to achieve that. I don't think he's talking about dying. What Paul is talking about is a theme that has gone throughout Paul's entire ministry is that he's talking about the way of dying to one's old self and being resurrected into a new a new life a new person a new a new way a new gray a new you a whole new you and Paul knows what he's talking about. Paul's own experience with Jesus is what has kind of turned him around. He was, as he said, a Hebrew among Hebrews, a Pharisee, uh, who was zealous for the Lord, so zealous that he was on his way to Damascus to persecute followers, G- Jewish followers of Jesus, and he was going to kill them. He was going to execute them in the name of Yahweh. And on the road to Damascus, he fell off his horse, blinded by light, and he heard the voice of Jesus saying, Paul, why do you, why, or he said Saul, because that's what his name was, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he, was, he went through a whole big thing. I won't get into the whole story, but suffice it to say, he was blind for three days, and when, he's, when he was healed, his eyes were open. And he saw the world in a whole new way. He saw a whole new perspective. He saw a whole new light. In fact, he was so transformed by this experience, he changed his name to Paul. I am no longer Saul. I am now Paul. And I'm going to be a whole new creation. And I think what Paul is trying to get at is when we really get to know Jesus, when we really get to know who Christ is for us in our own lives, we are transformed and whoever we were before doesn't matter. Uh, and, and by that I mean whatever our shortcomings. I don't mean that you know who you are, it doesn't matter. But by what I mean by that is our shortcomings, all of those failings, all of those things that we're just not very good at, all of those things, all of those times we tried and failed, all of those ways in which we are bad human beings, and some of you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all of those ways we fall short of everything that God expects of us, on everything that we expect of ourselves, everything that our mom and our dad expected of us, when we fall short of those things and we start beating ourselves up over it and we start feeling wretched and we're hunched over from the weight of all of our own stress and expectation and we're just like, I'm never going to be good enough, Jesus says, that doesn't matter. Because today, you're going to die to that And today you are a new creation. A new creation. That's the resurrection Paul is talking about in this context. And what Paul says is, and Paul had this dramatic experience. He said, I have experienced something profound. And not only that, but I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I have experienced something profound, but it's not over yet. I'm, I'm still looking. I have not achieved all that God has in store for me. I press on forward, trying to achieve that goal of really knowing myself in Jesus. Really knowing myself in Christ. Really knowing who I was created to be. Really knowing the fullness of the life Jesus has in store for me. Really knowing what it is to be connected to God and connected to the people in this world on a spiritual level. Really knowing and and knowing in my heart of hearts how to be the kingdom of God in this hurt and broken world around us. Really knowing within our, within my own heart, I'm pressing on to really knowing what it means to experience the death and resurrection of Jesus in my own life that that dying to my old self and knowing that new creation really understanding that I don't have to stand on my own strength but I can stand on the strength of God in Jesus Christ amen, amen. y'all got to give me an amen once in a while here so, <laughs> Jesus is pointing us in a way and Paul says press on to that goal of knowing that new you that God has promised in Jesus Christ. Press on. Don't give up. Don't just fall back into the old ways. Don't just fall away from understanding it. Even though, even though, and so, you know, sometimes we get to wrestling, we get to, to fighting with each other, or we get into the, the politics of it all, or we get into the, 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 the silly first world things that we do in, in our lives, and we forget. That Jesus is even a part of it. And I'm talking about not only outside, I'm talking about in the church, right? (laughs) Sometimes we forget that Jesus is at the center of it and that there is a vision that Jesus has for all of us, individually and together. Don't lose sight of that. Press on towards it. Don't give up. There is a you, there is a you that God sees. And it's not the you you see when you look in the mirror. I know I know what happens. I know you get up in the morning and sometimes you look at yourself and you're like, "Man, this is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted to be. This is not what I was hoping to be." I know we have regrets. We have we have shortcomings. We have wasted some time. We have wasted some energy. And resource on things. We have beat ourselves up and we've let other people beat us up. And we've, we look at ourselves and we see all of those scars. But there is a you that Jesus sees. That Jesus is literally dying to show you. And reveal to you. And invite you to press on toward that New creation, you. Amen? This morning, as we, as we come to this fifth week of Lent, this final week of Lent, it is a time of when all of this self-reflection, all of this introspection, Pastor Curtis has been asking you to do, comes to a head, comes to a culmination. It is a time when you look within yourself and you say, God, show me the me you want me to be. And help me to know how to take those steps towards it. And so this morning we're going to come to we're going we're going to gather around the Lord's table, and we're going to share the Lord's table. And then we're going to continue as we have been over the weeks. If you you haven't been here, we've been lighting candles and and uh, having certain prayer prompts. And the prompt this morning is just to invite God to show you. You know, how can I? What are the steps I need to take to become, to move closer to that you, that Jesus sees, and just invite God to show you that. And as you light your candle, so we're gonna we're gonna go through this. We're gonna go. We're gonna sing a song first, but then we're going to uh, share the joys and concerns, which I forgot last week, and I apologize for that. But this morning we're going to do that, and then we're going to come forward for communion today instead of receiving it in the the tables in the pews and then you're invited after partaking of the body and the the elements that represent the body and blood of Christ you're invited to commit yourself to the new creation that Jesus wants to show you amen let us pray great and loving god we just thank you for this word that you give to us today and help us god to press on toward that uh, vision of who we are that you have for us. May we embrace it. May we live into it. May we seek it out. And may we know Christ and the power of his resurrection. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.